Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rota Report podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen and it's Gav back once again with Craig. How are we doing Craig? I'm just pleased that for once we can talk about winning a game because me and you have happy clapped our way through so many pods of late that uh, I think people <laughs> probably want to switch off when they hear our voice but uh, yeah, now I'm full of confidence again. I just wish this was a video podcast because I wish people could see what I can see. You're currently balancing your, your recording device on a, it looks like a, a a multi-pack of Disney princess books. We've got the Enchanted Library containing yeah. Belle, Pocahontas, and uh, many more Disney princesses, no particular preference. you on them in lockdown, have you? I tell you what, it's the joys of uh, remote recording, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> yes, this is... This is one of those things when you can't get into a studio, you've just got to basically swipe things off your four-year-old little girl to, to kind of lean shit on and uh, yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed we're, we're almost out of the woods with COVID and we don't have to do this for much longer, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back in a pub and just having a pint and yeah, stumbling my way through podcasts instead of <laughs> sitting here like with a, with a pint of juice. <laughs> Talk, talking about Sunderland getting beat, well we'll see, we'll, we'll see you getting beat, we won at the weekend. Um how are you feeling, anyways, on the back that you mentioned that you're feeling a bit more confident? Um, I'm buzzing. I was I feel a little bit vindicated. I knew that I knew that performance was coming. Um and although Plymouth were crap, to be fair, and they gave us a bit of a leg up with the with a red card, we we still played well. I mean the stats show just how dominant we were. Yeah, um I think there was something on the site earlier which suggested that it was like basically one of our most like attacking performances of the season and to be honest, even even when they equalised, I, I don't think that the result was ever in doubt. Um, we pretty much in the ascendancy all the way through the first half. We dominated for large periods. We were really aggressive when we went forward. In a couple of iffy defending uh, moments aside, really, obviously, when we conceded the goal, it was, was almost the perfect sort of response and performance that we've been looking for in recent weeks. Um, I think it was important that fair for the lads who came in, the team that took a a big opportunity so they can now stake their claim uh, for the playoffs in the in the coming weeks. But it, it's just one of them. It's it's one of them where you'll um you'll probably forget that performance if we're in the championship this time next season. But it's it's an important mm. three points because it it stops the Ross and I think um you know people might have lost a little bit of, of belief. But the way Sunderland works, I think is once once you get that momentum behind you again, it's um it's difficult to stop. So it's uh yeah it's it's it was it was fairly routine. So. Not, yeah. not much to write home about, was there? 
Nah, I'm I'm looking at the table and teams are moving up and down each and every week between, you know, where we've qualified, that's the main thing. We've qualified, Lincoln have qualified. Um, I think two from three can now qualify. So we don't know who we're going to be playing yet. Um, but if I'm honest, I've, I was just taught me mates about this before. Like, I'm not bothered who I play. Like, I'm, none of the, none of those teams I'm scared of. I mean, Lincoln have had a great season, but we battered them when they were in, I think they were top of the league and we battered them 4-0. And we weren't great shakes at the time. Um, you know, we've, we've managed to get the monkey off our backs with Pompey this season. Uh, all right, Blackpool have beat us twice, but... Nothing to fear, I don't think. I think both games we actually played quite well and just came off um, a little bit unlucky. And um trying to think who else is in there. Oxford, of course, who can still qualify. Oxford, another team who we've beat this season. So, I mean, it's not like I'm looking at those teams and, and I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't want to play any of them. Like, I might have done had it been probably Hull or Peterborough. I'm sort of looking at that bunch of teams there and thinking whether we finish sixth or we finish third... Don't really care who we play, just not bothered. I'd be quite happy playing any of them. And as long as we go into that game with a bit of momentum and um, hopefully players back fit. I think I think Charlie Wike's brother confirmed to us on Twitter, didn't he, that um, it was just a precaution, the fact he was dro- he was dropped for the for the Plymouth game. So hopefully that means he'll be all right for the semis. Um, get a top scorer back into the team. Hopefully see how McGeady's doing, maybe get him back in. And all of a sudden we're looking in, in good shape, don't we? I mean, mm-hmm. Ross Stewart had a great game at the weekend. Jack Diamond did well. Gooch probably played as well as he's played for Sunderland all season. Just, uh, I, I just think, I feel a lot more confident, even though I was already very confident. I feel a lot more confident that the squad have got a bit of belief back as well. Well, that's the most important thing, isn't it? Because playoffs yeah. really aren't for the, uh, the faint-hearted. And I think... Look, as, as important as obviously the win was, it's it's kind of just putting that belief back into them. And I know historically speaking, form in the final few games of the season, it's it's not always important, as important, should I say, sorry, as, as some people may think for a playoff push. I mean, you only need to look at Wickham last season. They were in a complete free fall for the final couple of months of that season. And then yeah, totally all, all of a sudden they, yeah. they managed to crawl over the line. Look at Brentford. They were, you know, dead certs at one point for promotion. Um, They beat Fulham both home and away. And, then they go and get beat off them at Wembley. So I think it's just one of them who can just, you know, really remain calm and um and remain focused. Don't lose your head. It's it's gonna be a massive game, whoever will play, of course, but it's quite quite right, like you said. I think there's not much to separate any of the sides, us included, within that pack. So just gotta make sure that uh, whoever it is, whenever the time comes, that um just get the job done, basically. I think you know, mm. you're kind of talking about sides who who we fear, who we don't fear. I mean, I don't want this to come back and bite me on the arse, but I, I, I'm pretty much the same feeling about Blackpool. I mean, we had two games against them, and um, and although they beat us on both occasions, I, do, I don't think they were better than us. I know that the home form's been impressive, despite you know a couple of maybe defeats um, over recent weeks. But yeah, I, I I think we've got nothing to fear from anybody. Yeah, you touched on maybe meeting up in the pub there before and getting back to recording normally. It looks like fans might be in the ground for the semis. Um Rumour I've heard is 10,000 home fans potentially at the Stadium of Light for the, for the semi-final. I mean, that's a huge, huge boost, not just to the players, but the fans. I mean, who wouldn't want to play in front of that? I mean, 10,000 sounds like nothing, but after the, what, 18 months or so we've had, even a crumb, crumb of normality when it comes to the football, people are going to jump all over it, going to rally round, it's going to give the players something to, something to you know, cling on to and... I just think I just think it's a great opportunity. I think I think these players 
one thing they've, they've very much lacked and missed is not having us there because we have such a big support. We travel in huge numbers. Um, so being able to be at games again will be massive, won't it? Yeah, and um, and quite rightly, like you said, I think that has been one of the big things for Sunderland this season is that they haven't been roared on an awful lot of times in terms of some of the points that were thrown away in recent weeks. I think if you take a big following down to Hull or you take a big following down to Peterborough on that Easter Monday and you get your equaliser down to Peterborough and you've got, say, 4,000 fans roaring you on, they're going to put a rocket up your arse and and, um, and help you perhaps go get that winner. And I think although it will be a low crowd, I mean, look, you only need to hear like the highlights that you see on Quest and stuff like that. It's um, like it, 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 the, the acoustics, if you like, within the ground, like it, it just rattles around the place. I mean, when Frankie's commentating, I know he's quite loud, don't get me wrong, but you, you can you can hear what he's saying like on, on the highlights on, on Quest or on Sky Sports. So I think 10,000 people in there, especially... You know, as you said, for the, the absence that we've had, they're, they're going to make a right old racket. Um, I don't know how they'll sort the tickets out. Um, fingers crossed that perhaps we'll both be in there. But um, I think even if we aren't, the, the only thing that you would say to, to anybody who's lucky enough to get in there is just just make sure that um, that obviously you let them know what, what they've missed and what it's like to play for this club because yeah. some of them haven't had the benefit or the luxury to play in front of in front of a Sunderland crowd. And... We know ourselves, regardless of how big or small the attendance is, you look at the Portsmouth game in the playoffs two seasons back and the place was absolutely deafening. It was rocking. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm convinced that, you know, whether it's 10,000 or 40,000, they can make a, make a huge difference. Yeah. We've had a bunch of questions from Twitter. Sam Blakey, that's our Sam. Uh, he's asked, if the playoff final was tomorrow and everyone was fully fit, uh, big if, of course, um, Gooch McGeady, Jones Maguire, Diamond O'Brien... Who are you starting as the two or three behind Wyke? Ooh, it's a tough question, isn't it? I'm, I'm a little bit torn on that because, I mean, we know how good Jordan Jones is, but he's went off the boil. I think it's fair to say in the last couple of games, um, Gooch, I wouldn't have played him maybe three or four games ago, but there you go, the last game there, brilliant. McGeady has been injured, and you could make an argument to say that without him and Wyke in the team. At the weekend, we looked a lot more fluid. I'm not saying that I wouldn't start him. Like I think, obviously, McGeady starts if he's fully fit. So, straight away, McGeady's on the left-hand side of that team. But the rest of it, I'm struggling there. Like I think you could make a case for any of them, really. I think O'Brien is probably the least favourable of those players. But a lot of people seem to think that Charlie White plays better with O'Brien alongside him. Diamond, like I said, played very well at the weekend for me. Chris Maguire certainly solidified his credentials and as a 10 I don't think we've got a better number 10 I don't know why he doesn't play more and we'll get on to him in a minute I think um but who would you who would you play I'm I really struggle to pick three players to go behind them there well I think McGeady picks himself um yeah like he, he's he's an absolute dead cert if he's fit probably even if he's only say a 75% fit yeah you've seen the last time we're at Wembley you know you can change a game within seconds I think Lyndon Gooch He's a bit of a he's a bit of a frustrating player at times, and I mean I'll be honest, I I really like him. I think he um I think when he turns a performance on like he did on Saturday, he's he's almost unplayable at this level. He's he's just an absolute nightmare for defenders. But it's it's whether he can remain in that level of form, whether he can say maintain that level of consistency. But I I definitely start him, and I think Jordan Jones they offer something a little bit different. Um, having both of them on different flanks, so that that'll probably be my three. Um. But again, it's it's the options what you've got coming off the bench. 
how many teams in and around us are going to have the likes of Chris Maguire coming off the bench who's you know, going to come on yeah, and can maybe yeah. do something with a dead ball. Or if you're under the cosh, you've got Jack Diamond who can carry the ball forward 40 yards and get you out of trouble. I quite like Gooch as the 10. I like I like him as the 10. Yeah. I thought he played quite well there the weekend. Yeah, he did. I think um, I think that's, again, that's one of the luxuries that we've got is, is I think the likes of Jones, Gooch, McGeady, I think they can play all three of them in, in pretty much every single role across, across the three. And I think, mm-hmm. as you've quite rightly said, um, you know, on Saturday, obviously winning without White and winning without McGeady, I think that um, that that gap of quality, if you like, between starters and substitutes, it's perhaps not as steep as a lot of people may have thought. Um, you know, they've they've done a job yeah. on on multiple occasions. I mean, we went down there to Hull and almost got a result without McGeady in the side. Then, so it's like I said, it's one of those really they can they can pick themselves. Um, but again, it's. We're spoilt for riches, really. I don't think there's anybody in and around us who has the luxury of having all of that depth up there. But it's you know just yeah. our luck that uh, obviously we've got to try and keep them all fit. But in case we wait and see, but it's a, it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, Mark Koopmans has asked uh, how does LJ with his poor track record of apparently not lighting a fire under the lads' arses at recent halftime team talks get the team motivated for the challenge of yet another playoffs? I think to be honest, Mark. The manager shouldn't need to do a great deal to motivate players for a playoff assault because it. I mean, the the opportunity for everything's huge. I mean, they could be championship players. They could get new contracts. A lot of them. I imagine they've all got pretty decent promotion bonuses written in their contracts. So financially, it's very re- rewarding. And we've talked about this a bit in in the past, Craig. Like whether you're playing five aside with your mates, or you're playing in a professional football match. And it's a it's a big big game. I mean, the playoffs are as big as they come. You want to win, don't you? Yeah. The, if you can't get motivated as a professional for playing in the playoffs, then there's something sorely wrong with you, I think. And you probably don't deserve to play for a club like ours. Yeah, I think to be fair, it is a really good question. In fairness, because performances have sometimes been a little bit flat for like ten fifteen minutes after yeah. half time. I'm I'm not sure why that happens. It has been a bit of a recurring theme, but quite rightly, like you said, if you, you have to get up for for that game especially if you've got fans in the ground as well. But, I mean, as daft as it sounds, all you need to do is just tell the players, like you've said, you know, there's, there's so much at stake. It's not just about getting us into the championship. It's it's them playing for their future. I know, I know big changes are naturally going to be on the horizon this summer, but there's still so many of those players you can guarantee who, you know, Johnson and Speakman are probably going to be undecided about. So what yeah. better opportunity, perhaps, that, you know, you go do something decisive in a big game where you can secure your future. And even if it's not at Sunderland, you know, you can you can maybe put yourself in the shop window and secure yourself a contract elsewhere. So I've got no concerns really about um, about maintaining any sort of level of like performance in, in those games. I, I think, to be honest, it, it is going to be like a cup final in sense, of course, over two legs. But um, like, like you said, the, the, the team talk shouldn't really need that much interest. You look no. at the ground that they're going to be playing in. There's going to be fans there. It's a big occasion. It, it really should just do it all itself. And failing that, then he'll probably just need to stick Premier Passions on and just play some of uh, <laughs> Peter Reid and Bobby Sachs and just having a go. But nah, it, I've got no concerns about that. Yeah, just touching on that as well, probably the the one player we have who we know just loves a big occasion is Chris Maguire. And I just want to go into that a little bit deeper because he's become a topic of conversation since the weekend and probably a little bit before then as well because the fans who've obviously watched Sunderland in League One 
in the last three seasons have seen exactly what Chris Maguire can do. They've seen how how important he was the last time we were in the playoffs in, in, in this position, you know. The two legs against Portsmouth, I don't think we would have got through them without him. Um, so we know exactly what he's about. He comes on the pitch at the weekend, and for me, just it was as though he's never been away. Just, you know, came on, ran the show, played quite deep, actually. I think it's interesting that Johnson's got him playing a lot deeper than he probably has under previous managers. Took the ball for the penalty, scored it, brilliant penalty. Just, he's a great player for me at this level. I know he's very inconsistent at times, but with one league game to go and potentially three playoff games left to go, do you think Johnson should maybe just set some of those fears aside about his inconsistencies and just just give him a go? Like, I'm not even saying... He has to start every game, although what I would do is I would start him on Saturday and I don't want to touch too much on Northampton, but I would get him in the team at the weekend because for me, we have to maybe rest a few bodies and also use this as an opportunity for players like Maguire to prove themselves, right? It's, he's not going to get another chance before those big games to show his worth, is he? No, I think you, you, you're you going to have to start to get him fired up a little bit now because he, he is going to have a big part to play in this, in this running. And I think it's fair to say that his time at Sunderland's probably numbered now in terms of you know how many games he's got left I think he is one of those who is perhaps going to be a victim of obviously Sunderland finally having a sense of direction and a sense of plan and yeah. a sense of investing in the young lads it's a shame isn't it it is because because I don't think there's many teams in this league wouldn't take him he's that good well that's it and you and like you've said over the course of the past two and a half three seasons you look at somebody like Chris Maguire and there hasn't been many players that we have been able to say hang our hopes on but He's never let us down. Not not that I can recall really anyway. You know, I, I know performances have sort of went up and down, but you know, they've all been the same with all due respect to them. That's not throwing anybody mm-hmm. under the bus. They they are League One players, so naturally they are gonna have levels of inconsistency. But if you think about where he came from, he came with a horrendous reputation from Bury, and they were saying that he was the worst player they've ever had. But he took a wage cut to come here. He was that desperate to come play for Sunderland and, you know, his career could have really went one way. He gave away a penalty after, what, five minutes against Charlton? And you're thinking, who on earth have we signed here? But credit to him at what he's always done is he's always stuck at it. He's always, you know, knuckled down and he's proven on so many occasions that he is one for the big nights. And if you are looking for somebody to to really get into a side and, and really, um, you know, kind of just be that usual shithouse type player that he is there's there's nobody better than him and like I said if it is the case that his that his time is almost up then you know what a legacy he could potentially go out on by yeah know, go out with a bang exactly go out with that. a bang and let him let him especially with fans there I think let Chris Maguire go out on his terms because I think he does I think in years I wrote about this on the site this week if anyone wants to check it out I've, I've done a little piece on Maguire and I think in years to come we'll probably look back hopefully when we're back where we should be in the top flight and we'll look back at like this little spell in in the third tier and we'll think about Chris Maguire and we'll think he was he was like a really important player at that time and the way maybe fans sort of look at I don't know John McPhail somebody like that from the last time we dropped down the leagues just a a player who was very important for us just before we got back to our natural level who fans still many years later look back on and think of as a great player I think that's probably how Maguire should be viewed and I would be I'd be a little bit gutted, to be honest. I'd be a little bit gutted if he if he left Sunderland and sort of didn't play towards the end of his spell, was sort of frozen out because 
Um, I think he deserves he deserves to go out on his own terms. He's been he has been a good player for us. Yeah, I think he does deserve to be held in quite high regard as well, like he is from some. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't quite buy into the king sort of thing. I know that's got a little bit carried away and stuff, yeah. but like look, quite rightly, like you said, if if you're going into a game in the playoffs and you're wanting somebody to turn it on, he's your man. You look at um the Portsmouth game in in the first leg of the playoffs. And once once we'd won that game, he was he was in people's faces and he'd he got them rattled big style. And then yeah. straight away into that second leg, they were all targeting them. The the Portsmouth just completely lost their focus within the first ten minutes, and you you just knew really he'd done his job. He'd got into them that much that he'd he'd kind of derailed them. And I think that's that's what you want from somebody like Chris Maguire, somebody who can really yeah. sort of light the fire, um, and get everybody going and. And credit to him, I mean, you mentioned the penalty on Saturday had just gone. He could have left that Lyndon Gooch. He's he's more than a good enough penalty taker, but he's he's still got that within him. I think that desire to basically say like I'm here for the big moments. It's one one. Yeah. I'm gonna go score yeah. that goal. I'm I'm gonna get us back on level terms. So I, I really do sincerely hope that he he gets an opportunity to show what he's worth. I still will always maintain that he's better coming off the bench. I think he can change a game perhaps better than than he can start. I was talking about this with someone on Twitter earlier. I said, put it this way, if you need a goal with 20 minutes to go and you're looking at Aidan O'Brien and Chris Maguire, which one do you want to come on and get you that goal? Well, it's going to be Maguire. And that's like no disrespect yeah. to Aidan O'Brien because he is a workhorse. He's he, he's done well for us. But that being said, you know it's, it's, it's not even a competition, is it? Chris Maguire yeah. comes on and look, maybe he doesn't have that turn of pace or anything that uh, he might have had, say, five years ago or whatever. But... Um, he can still kill a ball dead. He can still do anything from a set piece. He's um, he's clearly very, very talented. And I think, to be honest, he will have a lot of suitors come the summer, whether that's in Scotland, whether that's in League One, who knows. But um, I don't think he'll be short of offers. But I would like to think that he's going to be able to go to a club and be able to obviously sort of reflect on at least some success here in his final days. Liam Angus asks a question about toast, Craig. I think this may be a personal one. What does Cratcher think about people who leave crumbs in the butter after they have toast? It's demented, isn't it? Vile pig. Is he? Is this? Is this personal between you and him? Uh perhaps. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I got thrown under the bus somewhat by uh, by my other half. Apparently, there's a, a particular way that you should be taking a pack out of a tub and. There is like yeah. you, you're not one of them who leaves crumbs in, are you? <clears throat> well, it wasn't intentional. Uh, but we'll we'll leave it at that. Craig the vile pig. <laughs> Gareth Duffs asked us uh, how we would approach Sunday's game. Do we pick a strong side and hopefully win for momentum or deem the result pointless and swap it around and rest the players slash give fringe players a chance ready for the playoffs? We kind of touched on this, but um, I'll, I'll answer that first, I think. For me, I would definitely try and keep O'Nine and Wright together because... Uh, and McLaughlin, sorry, as well, because we just need to try and get some consistency in defence. Um, I don't really see much point in... I know McLaughlin only got a half at the weekend, but that was apparently intentional. So I would definitely try and keep those three together and Denver Hume on the left. Yeah, pick the same back five, actually. Burge, Hume, O'Neill, Wright, McLaughlin, because that's probably going to have to be our back five for the for the playoffs. Um, but other than that, I think it's a free-for-all. I would, I would probably rest... Um, I would rest Max Power. I would rest Josh Scowen. I would bring in Ledbetter and Winchester in their place. Perhaps even give Dan Neal a chance. But um, I think he's more likely to give the latter two uh, their their opportunity. I would probably give um, McGeady another day off. I just think if he's been carrying a knock, what's one more game going to 
do really. He's, he's fit and he? he doesn't he doesn't need it for fitness reasons. So play Jones again on the left. Um, I would rest Gooch. I think Gooch plays. He's played a lot of football this season, and given how important he was in that last game, and he was in the Wembley final actually, although he was pretty poor in the game, he did get the important goal. I would just maybe look at Gooch and think he's going to probably be quite important in that run of games. So, um, so maybe give Diamond another opportunity on the right hand side. Uh, if White's been carrying a knock, I know his brother told us on Twitter, like I say, that he that he's it was just a precaution, but. Ross Stewart for me he's earned his place in the team again. I mean, he was fantastic for me. We haven't really touched on it, but he he he, would, he just gave us something totally different up front. Took his goal very well, and I think regardless, really, I think he deserves to keep his place. And then I would play Maguire in behind him, just because I think Maguire needs to, another opportunity to show that he's that that he's useful and that he could offer us a lot in the playoffs. Like we've we've, we've discussed at length there, so that would be my starting eleven. I think I picked eleven players there. Uh, is there anything you would do differently, Craig? Would you would you go with more full strength than that? Um, not really. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't think that's, this game really will will end up meaning that much in the end. I think you know Johnson will, will probably be acutely aware that it's going to be a bit of a delicate balance. You'll you'll want to keep your your big players fit and fresh, but you'll also want to try and maintain some level of confidence and some level of momentum and professionalism, though, as well. Because oh, it, yeah. he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to turn around to the players and say. By the way, we're just going to toss this game off. It doesn't mean anything. That's just not how things work. No. He's going to he what he's going to do is is try and draw as many positives from whatever it is as he can. You know, we can finish in third place if results go our way, which gives us more favourable ties in in the in the semis. Um, it's an opportunity to carry on some some winning form. It's an opportunity for you lot to cement your place in team, etc., etc. Yeah. So, th- th- there are lots of positives you can draw from it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think changes are definitely needed. Because you know some of these lads, the schedule that they've had really over the course of the past couple couple of months, playing like Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, it um it has got to a point where I think because the games have been that thick and fast, unfortunately they've played probably too much football for the majority of it. Fairly some of them, it's it's been all out of position. So I think I think they will certainly benefit from that rest, um, and then have the opportunity to say go again in the playoffs. But like you said, it's it's also that opportunity for somebody like Ross Stewart who. I thought it was absolutely brilliant on Saturday gone to, to try and, and, and take Charlie White out of the team. He offers us something a little bit different. Um, thankfully, as you know, Charlie's brother said that it's only a precaution. So at least then it's um it's another option that we've got. And it's at least for the likes of Stuart and Diamond who came into the side and had done something well, it, it also keeps them in form as well and um it keeps them hungry and interested. So I think again we're we're probably spoiled for options, but um, I think regardless of the side we put out, we should certainly have enough quality to beat these. Yeah, I think so. They're they're down already, aren't they? Northampton they've they've had a really poor season. They sacked the sacked a manager who the fans really liked, like he Keith Curley done a really good job in getting them promoted, and then all right they weren't doing very well, but he was sacked and wasn't replaced. I think they've got a caretaker boss in charge now, who um, who is. John Brady, somebody whose name rings around my head because I used to use him all the time on Championship Manager 99. Yeah, that's my only link to him. I really don't know a lot about Northampton. I just know that they've obviously struggled. They've got relegated. So you've got to, you've got to look at this and think, well, if we don't win this, that's going to be a pretty big blow to confidence regardless of the team we pick. But I think we have to sort of go into the game with, with our heads held high and be like, well... We we need to prove to those other teams in there that we're still a good side. 
And, you know, because when we run that run of, of winning games, they were all shitting themselves about Sunderland, the top two included. Yeah. They all were. You, you saw it from the response of various fans on, on social media, etc., and comments from other managers. We haven't become a bad team overnight. We've just hit the buffers a little bit. And hopefully with that win at the weekend, we're back on the right track. I think performances have remained consistent. That's one thing Chris has said on the pod quite a bit over the last few weeks when we've been losing games is that regardless of the the way the results have gone and we haven't won those particular games, the performances are actually not that different. But it's interesting that the, the stats from Saturday's game showed that that was probably as well as we've played all season. I think we had more shots on goal, more shots on target. And to be honest, I think a lot of that's to do with the mobility we just we had an attack. I think Stuart was a lot more mobile than White, and I'm not slagging Charlie White off because he's been brilliant this season, but he does very much play a certain way, doesn't he? You've got to sort of put the ball on a plate to him. First time finishes. And I mean, some he scored some lovely goals this season. Like I can't early in the season I was one of his biggest critics and I can't praise him enough for the way he's carried himself through the season, particularly under Johnson, because some of those goals have been brilliant. But he does sort of restrict the way we play. He's very, very much only capable of scoring one type of goal. Where I think sometimes in certain games you need a striker who does the work of two or three and allows the more creative players to flourish a bit. In that sense, it it just throws everything up in arms to me. I think I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing going to playoffs that despite the fact we have a thirty goal a season striker, he isn't guaranteed to play for us Stuart bags two at the weekend, is he? No. It, again, the the opportunity for everybody now it's it's massive, really. It's yeah. quite simply the case of once you get this weekend out of the way, we're, we're potentially three games away from the championship, and we've talked about motivation. If if you kind of get up for that, then you don't belong in the start in eleven. Um, I think I think Charlie White is the type of player who will thrive as well for the occasion, and you've got to think you, you look at all the goals he scored. So like like you've said, some of them have been incredible finishes. Um, He's perhaps come in for, for some criticism um, in terms of people saying why well, he doesn't really offer you much apart from goals. But look, you know, if you've got somebody who's banging 30 goals in a season for year, it's a welcome addition to anybody's squad, isn't it? And um, oh, totally, yeah. I think I think what Ross Stewart offered was was an alternative that we, we haven't really seen. I think when he's when he's come on in recent weeks, we've just been lumping the ball up to him. And it was nice to eventually get to see what he actually offers because you could you could see he's he's not Charlie White as he you know he's 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 rapid really when he scored that goal like his turn of pace for that was was unbelievable Scary, really for for a big yeah. big fella what he's like seven foot tall isn't he he's, um but the way he broke <laughs> free he was yeah it was it was excellent so again like, I mean it's one of those things like you you want to try and remain you know fresh and keep the momentum and stuff like that but again once we've got this out of the way with I, I'm sure they'll all be looking at it I would imagine you know. Is is a unit saying like right? We'll do what's right for the team. We'll do what's right uh, for this, that, and the other. But they'll all be desperate to to get involved. So yeah. you would imagine that some of them are going to be trying to outdo each other in training and stuff like that. Because, like I said, it's an opportunity for them to play in front of fans for the first time in a year and a half. It's it's a big couple of weeks for us. Yeah. Simple question: and Do you still think we'll win the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, I'm one one hundred percent confident about that. I, I don't know why. Like I've just always had this. Uh, this feeling in the back of my head. I was convinced we'd get the automatics. Obviously, we've just kind of fell short of that, unfortunately. But I think, you know, given the season that we've had and, and obviously the, the poor preparation for it, the poor recruitment and stuff like that before the season to, to even be as close as we are now, I think a lot of people would have took that 
yeah. because at times we've looked a million miles away and that was under Parkinson at times it was also under Johnson um, but the, the players have they've done well to put themselves into contention but I don't know I think some at some point our luck has to turn um, and fingers crossed it is going to be our case in a couple of weeks but the way you've got to look at it is is are we really any worse than the teams we could potentially come up against and I don't think I don't think we are um, I know we've got this sort of psychological fragility at times but just got to get past it and I think fans in the ground is going to be hopefully something else to spare them on but yeah 100% confident yeah I'm with you there right that's a good place to end thanks for joining us everybody we'll catch you later A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.